Sisters, welcome, welcome. Uh, this is Walker's Appeal. I am Oz Bryan and my co host ROB. What up? Live and full of fat. How was your week, brother? Pretty good, pretty good. Keeping my licenses up to date. I think we, I think we lost. <laughs> well, he'll come back in. How y'all, how y'all doing, brothers and sisters? Uh, welcome to another episode of The Appeal. Uh, don't forget to check us out on otw2.com. Shout out to Sister Cindy Ashby. And check out all of the other programs that we have here on On The Wake Up Radio. Uh, it's uh, creating a new free space where we really, truly uh, do uh, enforce that First Amendment right that we have. It's so precious. It's the cornerstone of our democracy. Uh, we got a real good show lined up for you today. Uh, we got a, a guest coming in around the... Uh, 10.15 point on our show. Uh, she's a sister, Shelly Fain. She's running for Congress down in Florida. Uh, so uh, we're going to get to pick her brain a little bit. If you want to call in, uh, that number's right there, 1-844-818-4433. So chime in if you have any questions, uh, comments, statements. The maxims, one of the maxims that we follow, the maxims of Patavo Tech State, a good listening with kindness, calms heart, and create friends. We might not have all the answers, but we'll, we can absolutely listen. So um, we always look back in order to move forward. Uh, today is no different. So a couple of things happened uh, t- on this day <laughs> in, in, in Black history. Uh, we have the first National Women's Conference of Colored Women. The first National Conference of Colored Women of America had their first meeting this week, back in 1895. Uh, Last week, uh, we spoke about women organizing, and um, it was many of the same sisters. Uh, We have uh, Booker T. Washington's wife, uh, Margaret Murray Washington, uh, Victoria Earl Samuels, Ida B. Wells. You know, it's just, you know, I'm just a huge fan of organizing in any shape or form. Uh, Stoker Carmichael says, some organization better than no organization, <laughs> right? Uh, and if you're ever going to do anything, right, if you're going to be successful at things, you got you to gotta go with some people. They say, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, bring some folks with you. And so um, organizing organizing has always inspired me. Uh, Corey Johnson, I guess, calls himself a friend of Ida Dink Miller. Uh, right, this this uh, legislation, 2349, has been tabled, uh, which was going to give an exemption 
to this waste transfer station here in Southeast Queens uh, that would exempt them from the waste equity law, right? The, the waste equity law was supposed to minimize the amount of waste transfer station or waste traffic coming into community, black communities in the, throughout the city and have it more evenly distribute, distributed. Uh, Denise Miller, and, and what's sad is that if, if you saw someone advocate like that for the community, if he had put the same effort in, and this is honest, I'm gonna tell him, I'm tell him his face. You know, there's a tremendous, I mean, we as a community would have been light years ahead. If he put the same kind of energy, and then he had the gumption to say that the people opposing this bill uh, were gentrifiers, <laughs> as he's advocating for a white institution, a white company, <laughs> talking about the people trying to stop it as gentrifiers and outsiders. And I, and I always remind folks, that's what they called Martin Luther King when he, called, he went from town to town. They called him an outside agitator. You know, but uh, if that's what you ought to call me, that whenever there's an injustice, I'm going to stand up for it uh, without fail. And uh, we weren't outside agitators in this point. We actually are from this, this community. We are directly impacted. And um, but now uh, we have some reprieve. And the folks uh, in Southeast Queens have some reprieve as this expansion won't go through. But the, the smell is still there, <laughs> uh, which the bill wasn't going to address anyhow. But uh, <laughs> Rob, you, yes, get can you hear me? I hear you now. Okay. All right. Okay, cool. But yeah, that's a look? lot of projection going on right there with them uh, talking about outside agitators and gentrifiers. That's literally their long-term plan. They, if they, they're looking to sell this neighborhood out and their communities out one block at a time to whatever developer they can find, it'll fund them. Yeah, word. And, and the neighborhoods point, are for sale. Can't even call him his community because obviously he don't claim this as his community because you would never do that to something you claim is your own. You would never mistreat something you claim is your own. And so uh, it's not his community. People <laughs> that are mistaking. <laughs> People are still under the assumption that they live in a representative republic or a democracy. Yeah. You're in a feudal state. <laughs> and these are the knuckleheads that have been appointed over us to manage the land. They are not representing you in the same fashion that I think that most people think of representation. They're managing the land, not the people. Yeah. What are the bills that are really getting passed? Where's their focus? It ain't on you. It ain't on your communities. Look at what you had to do to even get a pittance of a childcare upgrade in this infrastructure bill. The people are not the consideration in any of these things. Lowest on the total ball. But they need you for a vote, though. Right? They need you for a vote. So um, That's because it legitimizes their BS. Yeah. That's why it, it, people still voting for the same two-party system. Hey, that's cool. You find a candidate you like. Awesome. Work for them. Help them out. But if you're going hard for the, the you're a fucking clown. <laughs> you're a clown. And um, uh, so I spoke about the first national conference of colored women of America, which occurred this week back in 1895. Uh, this week also represents the anniversary of the Haitian, the U.S. occupation of Haiti uh, back in uh, 1915 under the great Woodrow Wilson, one of the most hardline racists <laughs> you'll ever see. 
I mean, hardline racist. People like to talk about Trump. Trump, uh, Trump ain't got nothing on Woodrow Wilson. Oh, please. <laughs> and he was a, a college professor, like uh, we was talking about last week, right? Uh, professor, uh, president mm -hmm. of, uh, of Yale, I believe it was. Uh, yeah, so... These uh, things are, you know, it's, it's not just an aberration. It, there's a history of, <laughs> of this. Come on, you know. Yeah, so um, in 1915... What was the first Disney after, film filmed in, in the White House, for crying out loud? Yeah, right, right. Uh, the death of a... Uh, death of a uh, birth of a nation, sorry. You know, yeah, which, uh, look at those, and look and at the two cried. institutions you're talking about. And he cried about that. He said, it's the only thing oh, that's so... The only thing that's so bad is that it's so true. Yeah, all right. He cried. He shed a tear for Birth of the Nation. And this is not the, the okay. black remake of, of the Birth of the Nation that young folks might know. Uh, this is the original Birth of the Nation uh, moving uh, silent film, um, mm -hmm. which uh, showed uh, these white heroes saving white women from dangerous colored Negroes. <laughs> um, and blackface, no less. And so... Oh, you didn't want to actually pay any black actors. Yeah, yeah. so in, in, um, in 1915, um, he started what would be a 19-year occupation uh, of Haiti <laughs> after the uh, assassination <laughs> of their president. <laughs> so, hey. Uh, history repeats itself. <clears throat> and, um, it may not repeat itself, but it certainly does rhyme. Yeah, I mean, if, it, if it's not an absolute circle, it definitely is a spiral. So there might be some changes. It does go. It does go in circles. It does go around. Right? It may not be an absolute circle, but there is some circular mo motions going on. And so, um, yeah, uh, you know, when they talk about uh, Haiti as a dysfunctional um, uh, republic, what system could be functional under these conditions. Seriously. <laughs> You know, they, unless you, even if you were to barricade yourself as and become some kind of weird recluse silent nation, then you're just doing you're, you're imposing sanctions on yourself. The rest of the world's going to look at you. The United States is going to go, oh, look at how you know repressive and backwards they but are. That's what they, but that's what they go in there with they, some freedom. They did impose, but it's the same uh, the French, scam. The French did sue you know? Haiti for their freedom. Haiti oh, was, yeah, and that, they're still paying that off. France. <laughs> Well, I, thought, I think they ceased yeah. it about 10 years ago. So for the past 200 years, they were paying reparations to France for their own freedom. You believe that? Yeah. <laughs> so again, but then, but people let, we as a mass, just in general, you know, the people who consider themselves powerless all across the globe, we let this shit go down. There's no way you could, as a civilized, educated person, talk about these problems and not realize that because they're uneducated, I guess. You know, it's like we have a friend in common who was recently in some hot water trying to explain CRT when they don't understand what CRT is themselves. And part of that, it, part of that ignorance is what keeps this nonsense going. Part of that ignorance is why you can have a state like Texas, which is one of the biggest. So when they buy their uh, student textbooks, that sets a yeah. standard for a lot of other states. But they allow nonsense like, oh, well, Black slaves were just indentured workers and uh, <laughs> migrant workers. That was the term they used. Migrant yeah. workers. So if you allow things like that into a textbook, and that is just one example, but it's an egregious example, and it shows what's been going on on a smaller scale forever. It's a miseducation intentionally. 
of the broad public to get them to either tune out or just not care that this obvious abuse is going on and is a part of their society. It's not that, you know, white Americans were particularly evil or anything like that. It's just that they were just conditioned to not give a shit. And if it didn't affect them and actually made their life easier, it's like, well, why would I give a shit? And that's why you have so much pushback now where people are like, oh, I didn't do anything. Why am I being penalized? Or my grandpa wasn't evil. Why, you know, why am I being shamed? Because it's a system, dude. It's not you. It's not personal. And the fact that maybe grandpa was impersonal about it, yeah, that is part of it. No critical thought, lack of involvement. You know, it, it's fucking, it, to have to explain this not just to adults, but to an entire society is so tiring. I, like the older school activists, not today, but like the real old school ones, I don't know how they did it without massive amounts of drugs and alcohol. Well, they had they had massive amounts of drugs. <laughs> oh my God, I'm missing out! Holy shit, I'm doing this wrong. They did have massive amounts of drugs and alcohol. Uh, yeah, thanks for that info right there. Yeah, so in 1825, Haiti paid France 21 billion dollars to preserve its independence. I mean, freedom, and that's billions <laughs> in that time. Think about that freedom you know, inflation. Freedom ain't free, but it costs. But that's ridiculous. You know, they basically is, bought themselves. They bought their own freedom. I, want, I wonder what would happen if they didn't pay. They already showed they had military They would have kept, inv- kept invading. <clears throat> they would have yeah, done the same bullshit. Because you got to remember, France was at that point the same kind of a world power, you know, like the UK and stuff. So they would have done the same shit that we do in the UN now, where it's like, oh, I guess they're evil. Time for sanctions. They had already sold off the the Louisiana Purchase, so they're already cutting their losses over here in the Western world, and they had already got their. That's a chance to recoup. That's a chance to recoup. You're never going to pass up a chance to recoup some of those losses. Any economist would tell you. Any I mean, fucking any Louisiana Purchase. My point is, they were leaving. They got paid cash money for the Louisiana Purchase. They I don't leaving. have to be here to still make something off that investment. They're seeing Haiti as a lost colony. I mean. You already showed that you had military might to beat them once. I mean, sometimes you got to do it twice. Got to put them on his ass twice. But um, yeah, but it's not my place to yeah. continue. Look at, look at Vietnam. <laughs> Vietnam was a actually Vietnam was the Asian example of Haiti, except that in Vietnam they won. They got that long term victory and didn't have to pay shit, and now they have factories over there making Nikes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, what else we got going on here? Um, so we have two. Well, uh, on this on this week, well, actually tomorrow, or in a few hours, back in 1966, uh, Stokely Carmichael uh, gave a speech called "The Definition of Black Power," and I thought it was interesting because um, earlier today I was watching this. I'm not sure if you heard about it. There's a new document. It's a documentary. It's called Summer of Soul. It's about the black women. Yes, I want to see that. It yeah, looks really yeah. good. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Um, and so, you know, and that's really what it's about, right? Because that's the same period of time. One of the more hmm. interesting parts is uh, we landed on the moon that same day. I mean, that same that same uh, summer of 69 hmm. is when we landed on the moon. And, and it was interesting that the, the folks at all of <laughs> KLS, like, 
Uh, she's that's beautiful for some folks, but I ain't got nothing to do with a black man in America. <laughs> and, I, and I thought that was so 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 powerful, right? Um, they they didn't lose sight of their own issues. They didn't get wrapped up in someone else's issues as a community. And I'm not talking about one person or two people. I'm talking they interviewed about you know a good uh, sample of the of the uh, folks out there in Harlem about it that same I guess that same day or the day after. And they said, we don't really care. I mean, you could, there's people starving right here in Harlem and across the country. And you told about you going to the moon. Uh, that, that's not impressing them. And I, and I thought that was uh, yeah. exceptional. I mean, that's what advocacy should be. You should never take your issues off the table for, at no point in time. All right? I was impressed. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I recommend it, right? Yeah, check it out whenever you get a chance. Uh, you know, Max Roach. Um, Mm. Uh, uh, Nina Simone, um, it's, it's really it's really good. Right? It's really I consider it nostalgic, even though I wasn't born at that time. I feel like I'm a child of that spirit. All right? Everyone's rocking dashikis in mm. <laughs> the Afro at that time, and you got to remember like that's about um, mm. uh, that's that's one year after the assassination of Dr. King, uh, and. Uh, and how the guy organized it was pretty interesting, right? Maxwell House Coffee paid for it, financed it. And, of course, he had to uh -huh. get uh, the okay of uh, Mayor Lindsay at the time. <clears throat> All right. Okay. <laughs> for an uh, event like that to have happened in Harlem and it to be a non-starter, <laughs> it was never replicated, anything like that. But you can't throw a dead dog down the street and not find a documentary about Woodstock. That's telling. Because Woodstock was actually and every the same year, summer. they talk about that because Woodstock was the same summer. It was the same. Is it? Yeah. It's the same <clears throat> time period. Um, and uh, well, that yeah, you know, that's the videographers. They couldn't it's about controlling the narrative, man. Anyone to shop it to? Look it up. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Deang. Cindy Ashby. Cindy Ashby. 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 On the wake up.